up, everybody? Welcome into the Rough Cut Sportscast. I am one half of your hostum, AJ Johnson. And in a little bit, we will be joined by the one, the only Vinny Milani. He is handling some business. That's just what happens in the real life world. So we're going to give him the time he needs. But until then, you guys are with me on this wonderful Fun and Games Friday. How is everybody doing out there? That's right. Can't hear you. You got to drop it in the comments. And when you do, we can get interactive. It is Fun and Games Friday. We got a good one for you guys today. We are going to be tearing it up all over the place. We are going to get through hopefully 100 different sports logos. And we're going to talk them through. And we are going to tear them and rank the best, the best sports logos all the way down to the worst sports logos. The trash of all trash types of logos. But first, we got to take care of some business. First and foremost, if you haven't done it yet, it is about that time for you guys to go ahead and follow us on all of our wonderful social media at RoughCut underscore sports, on Facebook at RoughCut Sports, and on Instagram at the RoughCut Sportscast. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. Tell somebody, you know the deal. Tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your brother, tell your sister, tell your cousin, tell your auntie, tell your friend, tell your friend's neighbor, tell the neighbor down the road who gets mad when your kids play in the yards. And then hit that subscribe. Tell everybody, not just everybody, everybody. And of course, our show, the Rough Cut Sportscast, is brought to you by Halftime Sports Collectibles, the number one place to get all of your sports memorabilia. You can get it for free if if you are one of the wonderful people who has shared this post, liked it, followed the rough cut, followed halftime sports collectibles, tagged three friends and did it everywhere. We shall be announcing our favorite and our winner very soon. (laughs) Who will be getting the two-time Super Bowl champion, Brandon Jacobs, signed cleat? Time shall tell. All right. What is up, Bailey? You're watching NASCAR? That start tonight? I'll be honest. I wouldn't know because me and NASCAR just don't get down like that. But, uh, you know, that's okay. It's not your fault. <laughs> All right. So, a lot is going on in the sports world. Uh, while we await Vinny, we can talk a little bit about it. <sighs> The Houston Texans have done it again. What what happened to Houston in the span of a year and like two months? They have lost everybody who is worth a name. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, James Harden, George Springer, Russell Westbrook, J.J. Watt. I would be pretty certain to say Deshaun Watson is going to join that list pretty soon. And then the owner, Kyle McNair, comes out and talks about all the things they want to do to focus on winning a championship. Those words should not even come out of your mouth. Championship, you are so far away from championship, it's not even funny. I saw saw, uh, something on social media today talking about how it's not going to happen, and I I know it's not, and so does the person who messaged this. It's not going to happen, but the NFL may need to step in and help the Texans because the way it's looking right now, the Texans aren't going to be a good organization for the next 20 years. I guess it was bound to happen seeing as how the the Browns and the bills have now come out of playoff droughts and NFL laughter. Somebody has got to drop down and relegate to that, to that faction. But the Houston Texans are in for the long haul. Like watching JJ Watt today, give that video, talk about a talk about a class act, a stand-up guy who, didn't let the media spin it. Didn't let us get to that narration and spin it the way they wanted and tell any type of lies. He's meant a lot to the city of Houston. The things he's done for that city through all the hurricanes and all the, all the, you know, social justice and anything he could think of to help that city. He has been 100% there. He's put them on their back on his back and has done the best he can by Houston. So I think it was nothing short of a class act today to jump in and really take the reins of this whole situation and, let everybody know exactly how he was feeling, how he loves the city of Houston, how it's meant so much to him. But, you know, that's life. Things happen. It's time to move on and do something better. And let's be honest, if there is anybody who deserved a little bit more, J.J. Redick is right on the top of that list. And so is Deshaun Watson. And, I mean, you're right. They were just up big in the playoffs. I mean, look, 
we we had this argument the other day about um, clutch players in the NFL, and you know I brought up Ryan Tannehill, and Vinny's argument was about the fact that his game-winning drives, two of them were against Houston. Well, here's the thing. When you play Houston, you don't play their trash defense. Of course, that's where you score, but you're also you're actually playing Deshaun Watson in those games. Deshaun Watson puts the pressure on you. Deshaun Watson puts the show up because their defense can be trash all day. But Deshaun Watson's coming back, and he's going to deliver time in and time out again. So when I say he deserves better, it's not every everybody agrees. It's just a matter of of the Texans letting go. Like, don't do this to this man's career. There's no hope. I don't want to be looking down the road at a Matthew Stafford type of situation where it's 10 years later, he can't win, and all of a sudden, here he is, mutually parting ways. No, because that we're not going to remember that. We're not going to let Houston off the hook. We are going to think about the way that this ended, how he asked to be out time and time again, and it wouldn't happen, and you let him go. And so for that, for that, alone i think he needs to be he needs to be released or he needs to be traded you're gonna get a haul like start your rebuild today today start your rebuild start fielding these calls for deshaun watson you're starting the bidding at at least at least three first round picks we are talking about a top three quarterback in his prime who you have found a way to alienate and upset and make him not even want anything to do with your organization. Start the bidding now at at least three first-round picks. At least three first-round picks. And we'll see what happens. The Rough Cut Sportscast here on Facebook, on Twitter. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that subscribe. Drop some things in the comments. Let's have a conversation. We are hoping to wait on Vinny. We'll see if there's anything that can happen. Maybe he can join up, and we will see. But until then, drop it in the comments. Give me two seconds. Let's see, in some other sports ball news, as they call it. The hiring of Chris Doyle. Ladies and gentlemen, tell me, how do you guys feel about this hiring? It There has been a bunch, a bunch of backlash. We're talking about people who are saying it is utterly unacceptable. The fact that out of all the people who could have been hired in the NFL, all the people who could have made something go down, all the people Urban Meyer could have put on his staff. You went and got a guy who was let go from his last position because of the way he was treating certain players. And I'll, I'll say that like that for the people who are sensitive. No, I won't. The black players on this roster, the way he was treating them was simply unacceptable. And here's the thing. And I'm going to be honest with y'all. And I know a lot of people will feel a different way about this and probably feel a way about me for what I'm about to say. I believe that I am probably one of the most lax characters on racism with white people. Now, let me let me explain exactly what I mean by that. I don't I don't just forgive and forget, you know, I don't just think it's OK for you to just say whatever you want. But I believe, and I, I was speaking to Vinny about this earlier, I believe that America likes to still live on the idea of being the land of second chances. We like to promote that you can come here and start over. We like to tell people that, hey, you made a mistake. Well, don't do it again, and we'll, we'll get you going. But recently, that has not been the case. Recently, you do something wrong, that's it. We're canceling you. It's going to be 10 to 15 years before we're okay with you. People still... People still yell at you if you listen to Chris Brown's music for what happened with Rihanna. And I say, I, I'm pretty sure she took him down. You know, I thought she got the better of him and, and not to make light of the situation. I know it's real serious. But what I'm getting at is it doesn't seem like people want to do the second chance thing anymore. In this situation, the only way that I think it was OK for a second chance to happen is if you had done your due diligence and looked around and thought about other people. Tell us, you know, the way they, the way that they promote the Rooney rule. Tell us who you looked at first. Tell us the people you brought in for an interview before you decided that Chris Doyle was a guy for this job. Okay, because in, 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 in my opinion, I'm not sure Chris Doyle was a guy for the job if he didn't say the things he said when he was at Iowa, you know? So for you to go out and get him and put him on your staff immediately before holding other interviews from what I've been told, from what I've seen. If there's, if it's something else, let me know. 
let me know. I, I think that's asinine. I think it's egregious, you know. And I and again, second second chances. Cool. Let's let's be about that when it's deserved. Has this guy even had time to really sit back and think about what he did? And sure, you know, you put the camera in his face, you put a microphone in his face, and ask if he feels any remorse. He's going to say yes. It's just as bad as putting out a public press statement. I hate when players do that when they put out a statement when they're forced to do it. That's exactly what I felt like. I need I need the leaves to dry. You know, I need some time to go through. Knowing that you've known him for twenty years, that tells me one of two things: either you're just accepting who he is, or behind closed doors, Urban Meyer, the same person. That's how I feel about it. You're keep you're keeping this tight knit club. When you could have done things such as, I don't know, looked at a, uh, looked at a, I know Todd Bowles isn't going anywhere, looked at an Anthony Lenz, bring him along. Look at some of these other coordinators or some of these other assistant coaches. This would have been a, I know a head coach job is coveted. This would have been a better place for David Cauley, you know, get him another step up. Of course, he's taking the head coach job. I get that. But what I'm getting at is there were other places, there were other coaches, and they didn't even have to be a black coach to do it. But the fact that you went straight to Chris Doyle and the fact that coming into this league, the chatter was about how everywhere you've left, you've left in scandal. Now you come to the Jags and you start in scandal. I mean, you got to look in the mirror on that one. Come on, Urban. You got to look in the mirror on that one. That aside, that aside, when you when you go away from that and you think just about football, I hope, I hope that he does the things that I thought he would for this Jacksonville franchise. Urban Meyer has won basically everywhere he's been. I don't remember him at Bowling Green, but you know, him at Utah was a great time. Him at Florida, we're talking championships. Him at Ohio State, he immediately resurged that, that program, won a championship. A lot of people forget Urban Meyer at Ohio State had a 22-game win streak, but they weren't allowed in the playoffs or in the, in the offseason because they had that ban from the Trestle days. Urban Meyer's a winner. He can come into Jacksonville and he can do some things. This man knows football. But we're not going to forget that Chris Doyle hiring. I mean, Chris Doyle better be the poster boy for social justice. He better be at every single volunteer opportunity he can be. He has to do some serious, some serious give back to the community, to the NFL, and honestly, to just the entire football world. But that's just how I feel about Urban Meyer this Chris Doyle hiring. I know everyone's slamming him for it so that's kind of that's my two cents on it you know everyone says i don't talk enough about the social justice and the race and things of that it's just i there's so many people that it doesn't matter what you say they're gonna find another way to come back at you for it they're gonna find another page to turn and flip the angle and that it can be exhausting let me tell you something as a black man who has many many white friends (laughs) many white friends I want to do my part to help white people and white friends understand where we get angry about social differences. I want to help them understand what's right, what's wrong. But when they come back and they have a rebuttal for everything or or one of my most annoying pet peeves is when they want to show a black person another black person on their side of this white to black race, weaponizing black people, as the term has been said. That can be so exhausting. So when I say I don't talk about these issues that much, no, if you want to break bread and have a conversation, let's do it. But I'm not going to be the social justice warrior on the other side of my keyboard, bringing up every single racial thing that has happened in my day. I don't want to live like that. I want to see the good in people. And I can, when I, cause trust me, when you show me the bad, I'm pushing you aside. So last thing, Chris Doyle is going to have to show the good in himself if anyone is ever going to be okay with this hire. And even still, that backlash is going to go much longer, probably longer than his tenure. Jacksonville Jaguars better be spectacular. It's the Rough Cut Sportscast. I have sad news. Vinny Testaverde slash Milani. Has had some technical difficulties, and it's not looking like he's going to be able to join us. However, I'm going to go as long as I can. Not going to promise you an hour, but I do like to talk. So if uh, if I get on a tangent, you know I'll go. But if you want me to make that hour, I tell you what, go ahead, drop in the comments some things you want to talk about. 
Uh, I will bring them up to uh, my best knowledge off the fly. It's a good test for me to see how good I am at this one-man show. The last solo I did was, uh, at least for a podcast, was back in 2018, an unexpected solo, you know, where it was just right off the top of the dome and just go with what you know. That was in 2017, actually, when I was doing 4th and 20 sports. So this was going to be a little fun, and I'm, I'm excited for it. So we're going we're gonna to jump back and forth. Maybe we'll tear it up next week because that logo idea was really good. Um, I want to drop some ideas, let you guys know some things coming in the future before we move forward. Fun and Games Friday, we are going to be taking off on Fun and Games Friday. We got a bunch of great ideas coming up for Fun and Games Friday. I'm assuming next week we are going to do the the logo tiers and tear it up for everybody. The week after that, I'm hoping we can get our mock draft 2.0. A couple weeks ago, uh, Vinny popped up a mock draft on me. I wasn't ready. I don't like to start mock drafting until the Super Bowl. It, it spreads me too thin. I love me some basketball. I love me the NFL. If I start mock drafting while trying to focus and cover NBA and cover NFL and why, like it's it's so much. So I, I like to mock draft after the Super Bowl where I can just split myself back back forth one and two. So we're going to do another mock draft where I will be much more prepared. And uh, hopefully by then we'll have an idea of what this draft in April is going to shape up. And then a couple weeks out sometime in March, hopefully early March, we're hoping first, second week, this one's going to be really fun. We're going to have all the guys on here. Aaron Mukes from Sports Uncovered, Dylan Kearns from the Big City Podcast. Of course, myself and Vinny right here at the Rough Cut. And we are going to be doing Sports Jeopardy. It is going to be a blast. We're going to test our knowledge, test what we really know about the sports ball, <laughs> see what we really know about the games, about the history of the sports that we so-called love. So keep tuning in, hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. Hit those bells so you know what's coming up. You know what's going on in the world of the Rough Cut. You don't miss any of those wonderful, fun, and games Friday. So yesterday, we were talking hockey. And me and Vinny, you know, we we, we plan out our shows. We talk about what we're going to do on what days. And he, he won the hockey game. So we did hockey yesterday. We were going to do basketball next week. But now, because it's just me. And I love me some basketball. We are going to talk basketball today. And we're probably going to talk basketball next week. Because why not? It's a great sport. Much better than hockey. Isn't that right, Vinny? Oh, that's right, Vinny. Can't say anything against it. Oh, my gosh. I'm loving this, Vinny. If you're watching, I, I don't know. I might not have you back on. I can talk about you in every type of way. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> no, but we're going to talk a little basketball. I... um. I want to bring up my basketball preview. I need to uh, get it get it running first. And we'll, we'll compare where I'm at now based on what I thought was happening at the end of the season or at the beginning of the season. And I can tell you right now, I know there are some places where I am way off. There were teams I thought were going to be great. There were teams I thought that were <laughs> not going to be good and are, you know, they're stepping it up. Now, granted, a lot of teams are dealing with this COVID and, and let's actually start there to be honest, because it's been, it's been such a turnaround and I understand and you see it in hockey as well. Football got it under wraps after a while, except for the two cases in Cleveland and uh, Denver, but the, the NFL for, for a good chunk of the season kind of got it under control. You know, we had in the beginning, they didn't have it figured out in the middle. You had a player here and there, then that Denver thing happened. And then the, uh, the Cleveland Browns thing happened. But other than that, they were pretty good. You come into the NBA and the NHL this season, and honestly, you were expecting a couple here and there, but they handled it so well in the bubble that you had no reason to believe they didn't have it figured out. And you come into the season, and right away, you get the Memphis Grizzlies, six games missed. In the middle of that, you get the Washington Wizards, six games missed. You know, you're having uh, Denver games postponed. You're having Orlando games postponed. Like, left and right, these games are just being postponed or canceled thereafter. And now you're seeing all these teams fluctuate because these teams who weren't supposed to be good are playing like this because they've had more games and their chemistries together. And the teams you thought would be here haven't been together, and they're playing down here. Where I feel like the NBA made a huge blunder, so to speak, is look at what you did in the bubble. About 100 days, 
uh, I don't know the exact number anymore, but about 100 days, not one single COVID test positive. Not one single. You had players leave the bubble, come back to the bubble. Not one single test. You would imagine that if that's what you had going on, let's say about day 50, you're noticing this. You are confident now that you are going to be able to put forth an NBA season for the next season, right? You believe in that because why not? You're doing it well here. So if you're already thinking about exacting a plan for the NBA, why are you not exacting a plan or exacting a plan for the bubble? Why are you not exacting a plan for the next season? And I'm not saying you need to get bubbles. I'm not saying you do something like the NHL did and redivision your teams because that's still, I mean, that still hasn't really worked either. But something had to be done, you know? Why not? Why not have a two-week stretch for a team and then a week off? You know, that's into your five-day, your five-day uh quarantine, you know. You have you have two weeks, you play eight games, they're all at home, and your teams are all on the travel, and you're still doing your back-to-backs. Then you take a week off. You're still doing your 72 games. As a matter of fact, why not drop it down to 62 just so you can stretch the season out like that? And I'm not saying that's the best idea, but it's an idea. They've gone into just playing and hoping for the best, and it has not worked out. So I'm really hoping the NBA gets this COVID thing under control because the worst thing you want to see, especially now you're talking about an all-star game with individual players traveling, are all these players going to have to quarantine before going back and playing games? Because if so, I don't want to play in an all-star game. You shorten the season. Every game matters in this case now, especially when you're headhunting for these top-notch guys in the West and in East Conference. So I really hope they get it turned around. We'll see if that's the case. It may be. It may not. Let's go. Let's talk about these awards I did in the NBA and how they're standing up. Rookie of the year. I was talking LaMelo Ball. I was talking James Wiseman. James Wiseman has looked really good. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. But as I stated, it's been raw talent. You know, he hasn't gotten his feet under him in the NBA. He hasn't had the same learning curve as most other players. You know, he didn't get to play in any preseason games. He only played three games in college. And, you know, now he's 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 running time with Draymond and Kevin Looney. So he's going to have to have a huge step forward if he wants to take away from that rookie of the year campaign. Because as of right now, LaMelo Ball is proving people correct. LaMelo Ball has looked really good. And he has he's barely been starting. I think he started about two or three games now. Every single game he's been playing, he's played better and better. And that connection between him and Miles Bridges, Airbnb, as they so have crowned them, man, that is a thing to watch. I There hasn't been a highlight for those guys that I haven't seen so far that I haven't like, ooh, and had to take myself back and step back. Well, Melo Ball right now, averaging 14.3 points a game, 6.1 assists a game, 43% from the field. And he has, he's only, he started six of 26 games. How? I understand Terry Rozier is great, but. Come on. How is he only starting six of the 26 games? Let this man loose. Let this man free. I'm not saying if he's the starter, all of a sudden, they're going to be a top-notch team. They're going to be the top rank, but they may be on the bubble of the play-in games. That's a possibility. Lamella Ball is looking really good. He's absolutely looking like the best of his three brothers right now. And if he takes a leap that Lonzo has, I mean, Lonzo's looked better than he did when he came out for sure. And LaMelo looks better than Lonzo did as a rookie. I mean, in three to four years, he's going to be in that conversation of taking over the NBA with the Luka Doncic and the the Giannis's. Maybe not as spectacular, but, oh, he'll definitely have his own in there, his own conversation. So he's looking really good. I'm really liking what I see out of that. I want that to keep moving forward. There's some other names I mentioned who are who are playing pretty well. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton from the Kings, uh, he stepped up a lot. A lot of guys like what they see from him, a lot of the analysts. I'm hoping that the possibility of him going from a presumptive sneak-in number one pick to being dropped to the Kings will pay off because he and De'Aaron Fox have figured it out between those two and their big man Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley. Those two need to get it right. And once they do, this team is on the way up. Buddy Heald is fantastic. I mean, the West is just so hard. If they were in the East, you're talking they're, they're in the playoff race in the thick of it if they're in the East, in my humble opinion. Six man of the year, they ruined me, man. They ruined me. 
I had I had the six man of the year coming out of Brooklyn. You know, the Karis Leverts and the Spencer Dinwiddies. Unfortunately, <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie went down with an ACL injury. Karis Levert was traded and and you know, prayers up for him. He he found out he had, I think it was a a a mass or a growth on one of his lungs or his heart. I don't want to miss I don't want to misstate that, but he had a very serious injury and uh or it's a very serious function. <laughs> I'm lost for the word. But he's down. He's out indefinitely. And, you know, his focus definitely isn't basketball right now. It's about getting healthy. And I, and I hope that that happens because he's he's definitely a top-notch talent. Yeah, it's not him. He, he's he, he's not going to be that guy right now. I'm looking at Jordan Clarkson out of Utah. He, he's, he was a name that came up real easy. And then you quickly fret about because he moves he moved over. He moved to so many different teams. He couldn't find a spot. He became an NBA journeyman. And and that happens, you know, to a lot of players in there. You're talking, you know, eight eight years, seven teams. That happens. I get it. But he found his spot. You know, they got him to Utah last season. They got him to Utah last season, later in the season, and now he's here and he's figured it out. He's become a very essential part of this team coming off that bench. And I've always been one for a very solid leader of your bench. Like when James Harden was in uh, OKC with Kevin Durant and – and Russell Westbrook, it was clear he deserved to be a starter. But the way he handled that second unit made them made them a finals team. Made them a finals team, for sure. And so Jordan Clarkson is a huge part of what Utah's been doing in this fantastic uh, win streak that they've been on. 17 points off the bench right now, 1.9 assists. He's not that guy. He he comes in and he's he's go at it. He's 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 the killer for that second, that second legion. So I'm looking at him for six, man. I'll hit this comment. Where's the Nets defense? It, it's non-existent. It's non-existent. We can jump here for sure. Let me let me say this about the Nets. Once they gave away all those people, defense was out the window. They didn't plan on winning defense. They planned to win by outscoring people. The issue has been you get tired come fourth quarter if all you're doing is scoring and trying to play the defense you're supposed to as the three bona fide superstars hoping for the best out of everybody else. Come fourth quarter, you're not keeping up with teams because you're gassed. You're tired. You can score 95 to 100 points between three people all night you want. But if your teams are putting up 115, you're going to have an issue. (laughs) You're going to have an issue. It's just as simple as that. A lot of people have said, and feel free to disagree with me on the nets with this. A lot of people have said it's finals or bust this season. I don't agree. Once you saw what they gave up, yeah, it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, but once you saw what they gave up, it's going to be hard-pressed for a finals. Do I think they're capable of getting to the finals? They're going to have to play some really, really good basketball come playoff time. Other than that, I see them being a playoff team. I They should win a, they should win a playoff series depending on where they end up in the seating. And if you're not in the top four, it's going to look real bad for you. They First off, they need to hit the free agency and find some other big men. Noah Vonley is not going to get it done for you. DeAndre Jordan is still tall, and he still likes to dunk. I'm not seeing the defensive prowess I used to see from him when he was a Los Angeles Clipper. So you need to hit the free agency and find some other top-notch big men that are left. I say top-notch, but that's not going to be a thought process. You need to find something. You need to get some size. You need to get a wing defender. Get a get a D and three a D and three guy. Next year, it's finals or bust. You're absolutely right about that. Next year, with these guys, and I don't know the contract situation as of right now. I'm just diving into my NBA look too. I've been I've been all I've been a lot of football business recently with the NFL. But next year, the Nets should be finals or bust. This year, this year, getting to the finals is impressive. If you're the Nets team, if you get to the finals, like everybody going into the next season needs to shut the hell up because, because you could imagine next season, what they're focused on is defense and big men in free agency as well. But if they make it to the finals this year, I I mean, hats off for sure. I I was on the bandwagon. I, I think a prolific offensive team like this, they can do a lot of things. I mean, you never count Kevin Durant, James Harden out. Kyrie, depending on how he's feeling on what day, but as far as on the court with skills, 
You don't you don't count him out. You don't count Kyrie out. So they can do a lot of things. They can make a lot of trouble for some people. But this year, without if they don't if they don't find somebody by the trade deadline with some size, with some defensive prowess, they they can't make the finals. I don't I don't see it. I prove me wrong, please. It would be fantastic. But then we're imagining you're going up against uh, LeBron and the Lakers, and at that point, which one, which ones, which one of you is taking care of LeBron? I'd imagine it's KD. Cool. DeAndre Jordan taking care of AD. That's hard pressed. That's hard pressed. And then they have too many other people. KCP, Taylor Horton, Tucker's come on strong, man. Like think about that. They've got so many weapons. And you gave all yours away as a Brooklyn Nets organization. And to do this in your first year to Steve Nash, I mean, he came in there. And don't get me wrong. Anybody wants to have James Harden on your team, a bona fide scorer, the best scorer we've probably ever seen in the NBA history, in NBA history. But to do that to Steve Nash in his first year, he comes into this situation with pieces, with depth, with defense. Steve Nash could take that team to the finals. I had him as coach of the year. And I'll tell you this, if he finds a way to get them to the finals, he still got my vote. But then you take away everything he came, everything he came into in this situation, except for Katie and Kyrie. So now you got a rookie coach trying to figure out how to make it work with three superstar egos. And we could talk about the egos thing in a second as well, but with three superstar egos, no size and no depth. That's hard press for any coach, let alone, a rookie. Look at Greg Popovich and what he's doing now with no Kawhi and no real superstar with Rudy Gay and 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 some and some point guards you're trying to to develop. You're talking about Greg Popovich who was 17, 18 seasons with 50 wins to watch that go away. That was sad. Think about that. And now you got Steve Nash sitting over there with three superstar egos, no depth and no size. It's hard press for anybody to make it to the finals. So to answer your question, after it's been long-winded, playoff team, for sure. How far they can go in the playoffs, that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen. I do want to talk about these egos because another question was brought up about one of the biggest egos in the NBA. And again, we got some people in this uh, chat. So chop some questions. Help me out. I'm riding solo dolo today. Let's talk a little bit about what you want to talk about. I'm on a basketball kick right now, but I can be swayed. We can talk football. <laughs> I can make Vinny laugh and talk a little hockey. <laughs> you bring baseball up with me. I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to just be honest. Me and baseball, we just don't understand each other right now. I'm going to work at it eventually. So what Russell Westbrook has brought up. And look, people call this man selfish. People call this man a bad team player. People say he can't win with Westbrook. Now, I'll say this. Nobody has won with Westbrook. It has yet to be proven. But to keep saying he's the problem doesn't make sense to me. Honestly, I, I, I don't know what the problem was in Houston. Because if you want you want to tell me it didn't work together, I, I could beg to differ. I mean, if, if I'm not mistaken, both he and James Harden were averaging over 20, 25 points a game. Pretty sure he was high up in the assist. He was in a conversation. He was in a conversation at one small point for MVP. It was, it was never going to pan out. There was just too much talent going ahead of that. But it's not just about the stats with him. Russell Westbrook wants to win. Russell Westbrook is a bona fide killer on the court, man. Russell Westbrook is that type of guy that when he's coming downhill, yeah, he's smaller than LeBron, but he's coming with just as much ferocity as LeBron does. You've seen him put the hammer down. Russell Westbrook wants to win. I really, really liked this setup with the Wizards and Bradley Beal. But they've had they've had a hard string of bad luck, man. You, you talk about the you, you talk about the Washington Wizards. They get the COVID hit, lose nine players. The next day, Russell Westbrook goes down with for about three games uh, with a thigh contusion. The first game they played without Russell Westbrook, your big man, Thomas Bryant, goes down with an ACL. He's out for the season. He was going to be a difference maker for them. The people, the pieces around that team that was supposed to make their rookie, Denny Avdia, show his talent. They've fallen off. And now, the, now, 
the Washington Wizards are just an afterthought. They are sitting again in the 14th position with a 6-16 and 16 record at the bottom. And it's hurtful because I had them at the very least in the play-in, at the very least. But no. <laughs> now they're saying, like, I, I don't see a turnaround from them in no way, shape, or form. No way, shape, or form. I don't know what's going to happen. If Bradley Beal, if Bradley Beal gets traded, once again, I feel so bad for Russell Westbrook. It's just because he's tried. He's tried. And I don't know where he ends up at this point. I don't know where he goes. You can't start just demanding your way out of everywhere you go. And I know he didn't demand his way out of Houston. It just wasn't the right fit. They just needed something else. And Houston needed to go a different direction. But if you demand your way out of out of uh, Washington at this point too now, like what do they say about you? What do they say about your legacy? So it's tough. But no, I don't say Russell Westbrook's just a stats guy. His play has had to embody the stats. You got to remember when he was doing those triple doubles in, in OKC, yeah, Paul George was there with him eventually. But the first time he did it, it was him. It was Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, he learned how to play where he does everything. He's an all-around player. He knows how to score. He knows how to find his teammates. He crashes the boards. He plays hard defense. That helps the stats. I don't think it makes him a stats guy. Ooh, Michael Sherman. What are your thoughts on the 7-10 to playoff structure? I do like it. I do like it. Um, I thought this was really cool when they had the bubble. And, and, and that's another thing they did really well in the bubble. You know, shout out to them trying some different things when they had the opportunity. This play-in tournament is another, is another level to the game. It adds a little bit more excitement. It turns, I mean, think about this. We had this conversation on the, on the show yesterday about how people view the NBA and the NHL who are casual fans. Casual fan in the NBA doesn't want to watch 82 games of even of one team let alone all the games of every team. So when do they tune in? The playoffs. They want to get the playoffs in. So as the NBA, how can you get more fans excited into your brand? Extend the playoffs. So now you, you talk about the sub-500 teams, and I'm okay with this because you're going to have eight teams in the playoffs anyway, right? And I do believe by 72, most of them should be above 500. But let's say they're not. You're going to have eight teams anyway. And think about the NFL. You had teams seven and nine in the playoffs, hosting playoff games. Not the first time that's happened either. But if you looked at it right now, with the playoffs started today in the Eastern Conference, in the eight spots, you have my Atlanta Hawks. They're going to get better. Loving what they're doing there. You have the Miami Heat, who they've had some COVID problems, and they've fallen off from a final trip from last season. And you got the New York Knicks in the 10th spot. What? Look at that. How long before the Knicks fall off? I wonder. <laughs> you got you got to think it's only a matter of time, right? I hope not. I'd love to see I'd love to see the new era of Leon Rose and and uh Worldwide West turn this franchise around. But so that's where you'd be right now. The Hornets at 7, the Hawks at 8, the Heat at 9, and the Knicks at 10. That's a fun playoff right there. I think about the Hornets and the Knicks going at it, two lowly teams that have have a chance. Come on. <laughs> like just to get the AC to go up against the 76ers and lose, but you're taking your franchise in the right direction. I think about the 9-10 matchup, the Heat versus uh, or, or the 8-9, the Heat versus the Hawks. That's a good matchup. You're talking shooters. You're talking Trey Young. You're talking Kevin Herter. You're talking John Collins, who can hit threes against the Heat's Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and Jimmy Butler. That's a fun matchup. That's a fun matchup. So at the very least, this doesn't hurt anything. You know, you extend the playoffs, you get more fans in, you get more revenue on a season that you need it, and then you move forward and see if it's something you do. I'd like to see them do something like the um, like soccer does and have an actual midseason tournament. They've flirted with this idea. I don't know how the players feel about it. You know, that's a lot on the body. I think if you do that, you do drop the season down to like 62 games or you make this uh, play-in tournament. Uh, that I'm talking about, a part of the 82-game season, something of that nature. But I think there's tons of ways to get really creative with the NBA and and garner yourself to a different following, get more fans in, because the fans you got, it's going to be hard-pressed to lose them unless you keep going the opposite direction with the physicality. 
Because, yeah, let's be honest. There are some times where the NBA can be a little cupcake. I'll be honest. That'll mean they're not physical ever. But there are some times where I wish that the, the old days of the 90s where the clotheslines were allowed. So, so 7-10 playoffs, worst case scenario, you know, you try it out. It doesn't garner anything. Best case scenario, people love it. You get more fans. You get more revenue. Teams who really do feel like they got snubbed get in or have a fair chance of playing at it. And you find out where your team is, you know. When it really comes down to that nitty-gritty for a playoff run, can you do it? Can you do it? Just out of curiosity, in the Western Conference, that would be the Denver Nuggets. They need to step up. The Denver Nuggets, the Golden State Warriors, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Sacramento Kings. Two of those four teams I had doing well. The Kings being in that playoff spot makes me happy because I I do think they have a lot of talent that's going to be slept on because they haven't been good. They haven't made the playoffs in 13, 14 seasons now, and I think that'll change here soon if they keep going in the direction they're going. The Warriors, I don't think they're going to be in the play-in. I think they're going to be a playoff team. They are going to be better and better game in and game out. Steph Curry, if, if you're not talking about Steph Curry in the MVP conversation yet, you're not watching basketball. This man had a 62-point performance. Fast forward a week later, a 57-point performance. They'll be in the actual playoff hunt. They're not going to be in the play-in tournament. I'd be shocked. Should Luka Doncic request a trade? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They've had a tough year. They've had a tough start to the year for sure. 12 and 14. Chris Stapps Porzingis missed some games. Dwight Powell's just coming back and getting his feet under him enough. But that, he's a franchise. He's a franchise. When Chris Stapps Porzingis finds himself back to New York Nick level, and he may never do that, but even a little bit less than that is okay. Once he gets back to his level, once Dwight Powell steps up a little more, these guys are going to be right back in the thick of it. They've had a hard go at it, absolutely. I, and I agree with that, but it's too early, man. And, and Luka Doncic is one of those people who can, who can change the outcome of a franchise. It can be on him. It can be on his back in a year or two from now to be like, I will take this team to the promised land. That, that's a fact. He's that good. He's that good. This season's been a little weird, man. There's a lot of teams that you think that I see that shouldn't be where they are. The Denver Nuggets in the seventh position, they're too good of a team to do that, especially after what Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic did. Jokic. I was about to call him Joker. After what they did, they should be a lot higher. But you got to think of these teams that have stepped in. I mean, the Jazz have really stepped up. Talk about Game 7 transforming an entire franchise. That loss, Donovan Mitchell will not feel that way again, is what he has been telling everybody by their play. 20-5, and five, best record in the NBA. They've stepped up a lot. The Suns are in the fourth spot. That Chris Paul addition has been making them look like a completely different franchise. And we knew they were on the rise already. Look what they did in the bubble. Devin Booker went off 8-0, undefeated, the only team in the bubble before the playoffs began who did that. The Spurs are in the playoff race right now. I don't know if that'll hold up, but it's it's Greg Popovich. You can't count him out. You really can't. So, you know, they're, they're fighting with a lot of people having a great season right now. I think they get it together, but get it together may mean being in that play-in play tournament and then having to fight your way through the playoffs. So if I'm Luka Doncic, I'm playing out my rookie contract. And, and, if, and besides, in the NBA, the contracts work so differently. Nine times out of ten, you're you're there for your first six or seven years with that franchise. You become a free, uh, restricted free agency at the end of your contract, and you can do a certain thing. You can do this and that about it, but there's not much you can do unless you literally just throw a fit, and it has to be one of those James Harden plus Kyrie went crazy uh, plus Anthony Davis type fits for that to happen this early in your career at that level of being a talent. In my humble opinion. And I don't think the Suns got robbed because they played in and Damian Lillard went on a tear in the bubble. So the, the Suns showed you that they were going to mean business. And then they got Chris Paul and solidified the fact that they meant business. That's kind of how I feel about that. Let me see here. Let me see if there's anything else I could bring up in my, from my NBA preview that I need to set up. The MVP race. I had Luca at the top. I'm pretty sure I called it for Luca over Giannis because I thought they were going to get voter fatigue. Right now, 
right now, Giannis may be in the conversation. However, Joel Embiid is on a whole nother level right now. Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his career. He's the guy that they thought they were getting when they drafted him in 2017 and what he would look like after his back injury healed up. And here we are, and he's showing it. 29 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks. He's doing it. Like, he's doing it, and he's looking dominant in just about every game he plays this season so far. Let me see. Look, look at these numbers over the last couple of days. 37 points, 28 points, 33, 38, 42 had he had a bad game nine nine points I don't know I don't I think that's a game he fell on his back got out early but before that 45 points just just having a monster of a season right now just having a monster of a season and it's looking good Philly is looking good Doc Rivers is getting them where they were meant to be last season and and there's been a lot of heat on Doc Rivers for years because he couldn't get the Clippers over the hump and I get that but man the West is a different animal. The West is a different animal. And no, that's not supposed to be an excuse. You know, Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches that's that's been around, you know? Sure, he's only got the one ring. I understand that. But talk to anybody in the NBA fraternity and ask them how they feel about Doc Rivers. You're not going to find many people who have something to say. Paul George. But Paul George has something to say about anybody if he didn't have the season he wanted to see. He needs to start pointing the finger at himself sometimes because that last game seven, buddy, what you and Kawhi did in that game seven to lose to Denver Nuggets, being up three to one. Point the fingers at yourself for sure. But Doc Rivers has the Philadelphia Eagles looking, did it again, the Philadelphia 76ers looking really good. Best best record in the East, 18 and eight. Taking down teams like the Bucks, taking down teams like the Nets. And it's basketball, man. Any given day, you can get a bad game and have a team come up and take care of you. It's gonna happen. You don't over, you don't overstep. But the 76ers, if they're keeping this up, I mean, the one seed looks good. You're gonna have to fight off some dogs, though. You're gonna have to fight off some dogs. I'd love to see, I'd love to see him do it. I'd love to see if Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can look good in the finals when it counts. I'd love to. I really would. That's just me. That's just me. Um, Haley, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I'm not quite sure about the college players as of now. I've mostly been watching FSU games. Uh, you know, hello, my guys, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> but I have seen, I have seen um, a little bit of this guy, Luke Garza, and he does, he does look good. I mean. His stats, was he? I'm pretty sure he's uh he had a lot going for him last season, too. They were, they had they had a good conversation about what this man was gonna be doing. I mean, he's having a hell of a season for sure. 25.3 points a game, 8.3 rebounds. That's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. 1.6 blocks right now. I mean, that's what you do as a big man. Shoots well from the field. 50%, 57% from the field right now. 43% from three, man, I'm telling you, a, a spread big man is is a cheat code in the NBA too, especially in college. So you got a big man that takes your big center out, out from the middle, and you allow your, your bigs to slash. It's nothing like it. I don't know if he's first overall. I haven't seen enough people. I know I like the kid. I do know that. And I have, I have seen him play a couple games. I know I like the kid, and we'll see if he keeps it up throughout the entire season that's what remains to be seen let's see what he does for his team right now they're sitting at 14 and 6 okay let's see how you end the season let's see how many more losses he put on that on that resume we'll see but i, I don't know if he's the first pick yet there's there's a lot of guys and it's going to depend i, I got to see who has the first pick in the nba draft as well that that's a big that's a big question who is the person picking first? And guess what? We got the internet. Let's find out. With the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft. If it's Detroit, 
I mean, they need a lot of things. I can't just say they're going to get with the center. So it's a possibility because Detroit's definitely that type of team that's going to go with the best overall. But there's also these guys, uh, Jalen Suggs. There's a guy, There's a lot of guys, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, they've gone to the G League. Jalen Green, a lot of Jalens. They've gone to the G League, and they're playing out of there. So they're learning the NBA right now, almost, almost the NBA. They're learning it already. So they have a leg up on some of these college kids, so the talent really has to show. Right now, I don't even see Luke Garza's name in the top 10 on a on one mock draft. Not mine. I haven't got that far. But who knows? It's a good possibility. Ladies, gentlemen, it's been dope. It has. It's been good. It's been good. Pray for Vinny. Had some technical difficulties. Hopefully he gets them all worked out. And, uh, you know, we'll see him back here next week. However, before we go, got to tell you guys where to find the wonderful Rough Cut Sportscast. Head over to Twitter at Rough Cut underscore sports. Head over to Facebook at Rough Cut Sports. And then on Instagram at the Rough Cut Sportscast. Hit that like, hit that follow, hit that share. Tell somebody about it. Tell your friends, tell your neighbor, tell everybody. Tell everybody, let them know that even when things go wrong, the rough cut doesn't falter. We're still here. We're still ready to vibe with y'all, hang with y'all, talk with y'all, talk sports. The place where sports fans can be sports fans. You know who appreciates us being sports fans? Halftime Sports Collectibles. Those guys that sponsor this wonderful show. The best place to get your sports memorabilia at Halftime Sports Collectibles. Be on the lookout. We will. We will be posting a winner sooner or later about this Brandon Jacobs cleat. We just got to get some things finalized with halftime sports collectibles. So i tell you what we said today was the last day, but while it's still up until we announce a winner, do it. I won't disqualify anybody who, who put their name in today. If you tag, you like, you follow, you share at the rough cut sports cast and halftime sports collectibles, you tag three people. We will count your vote until we announce a winner. So do it on all the platforms you can. Get yourself as many opportunities. I promise you it's real. And I promise you we're going to announce a a winner soon. And those guys will be quite, quite happy. But it has been a rough cut day. It's been a little rough. But we prosper. So thank you guys for hanging with me. Thank you guys for liking the show. If you don't got appreciation for how the rough cut put themselves on today, we're going to have some words. I promise you that. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, Can't wait to see you back next week. Adios, turd nuggets. Enjoy your weekend and be safe. Be safe. You go outside, wear that mask. Peace out, guys.